0: Welcome to Calvary Live. We are so glad you could join us through our podcast. Here at Calvary, we want you to live life at the highest level through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. We hope today's message will be an encouragement. Matthew 14, verses 28 and 29. Please read with me. Peter replied to him, Lord, if it is really you, command me to come to you on the water. And he said, He said, Jesus said, come. So Peter got up, stepped out of the boat, and began to walk on water, and he came towards Jesus. This scripture truly clarifies who we are through Christ. When the Lord is in our life, we understand this, that we're not normal. Say it, we're not normal. The title of my sermon today is... We're not normal. We are people that are called by God and redeemed through the blood of Jesus. Amen? We are blessed. We are precious. We are His. We are chosen. We are royal. We are a priesthood. Amen? I can give you some other things too, but first look at this scripture with me. 1 Peter 2, 9 says, You are a chosen people, you are a royal priest, and you are a holy nation. You are God's very own possession. As a result of all of that, you can show others the goodness of God for he called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. There was a calling out in our lives because of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Girls, you better get with it. You know, I like to give you to give me some feedback. We are called out through Jesus. Amen. Amen. And what did Jesus say to Peter? He called him out. Hey, come here. Come here. I got something to tell you today. Peter, you don't have to be average anymore. You don't have to do whatever the circumstances say you have to do. You don't have to sit in the boat and be toppled back and forth and probably even drown. But if you will just call out to me, you can come and break all the limits off and you don't have to be normal anymore. Amen. Something happened in this situation that helps us to understand who we are in Jesus Christ. Now, when I use that expression, we're not normal. I want you to know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a choir of 80 plus people who decided one time that enough was enough. And on a Thursday night, when they were supposed to be in the Sanctuary practicing their music Them with the musicians of about 40 And all their children Uh Uh-huh, Meredith's gone, Uh uh-huh And all of our children We were not the Israelites, but we were the children of Calvary And we decided that we're not normal So we went around to the acre lot Two acres or one? Two two acres in that little white house That Bob Gibson's barbecue owned and we started to march around that two acres and you know what we did when we marched around it we begin to sing lift high the lord our banner lift high the lord our king lift high the lord our banner For the Lord hears our praise. You remember that? Lift high. We marched and we marched and we marched because we were out of room. We were in a little chapel in an education building. We were having multiple services and we were out of room. And guess what happened after the people of God that decided to take the limits off and not be normal? Guess what happened? Within two months, two months, Don McLeod. Don McLemore, Mr. Bob Gibson, picked up his phone. And he said, hello, may I please speak to Pastor George Sawyer? And he said, Pastor George, I've changed my mind. I've decided that you guys can buy that two acres of land at the Beltline. And we're going to build down the road on Glen Street at the other corner. That's not normal, eh, amen. Come on, give the Lord a shout. Yeah. I can remember when. I can remember when our pastor came home from Phoenix First Assembly and he preached a sermon on a Sunday morning called the Whip, Hammer, and Cross. And some very abnormal and weird people got a crazy idea. And they got cardboard, two-by-fours, screws. We got a million-plus screws in our lives. I don't know how many screws we have, but we got a bunch. We got duct tape. We got staple guns and we got paint and we got sponges that you're supposed to wash a car with. And we turned that sanctuary over there on the belt line. We've turned this house of worship here and to here into the city of Jerusalem. And do you know what's happened because we decided to be abnormal? Do you know what happened? Do you know and understand the final result of following abnormal ways? Is that over? There's no count. Over 100,000 people have come to know Jesus as Savior and Lord. Come on. Let's shout about it today. I can remember this Sunday as if it were yesterday, but I don't have time to talk about it. When we decided 100% as a congregation that we were going to move from what was known. And to a wilderness out here That's undeveloped With hundreds of acres And no one had come here yet 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 And guess what happened 100% We weren't the Israelites one more time When God went I'm going to do Say God please show me what you did exactly To hold back the waters Did you just go Or did you go What did you do? Or did he just think it? And the waters just started to, just started to gather and to stop to flow down that river that day. But whatever it was that day when the Israelites crossed over, I remember the day when Calvary Assembly crossed over the Tennessee River. And guess what? We went into new territory for the kingdom of God. We're not normal. Amen. Now I'm going to tell you something with every abnormal thing we do, there are spiritual Oppositions that we have to face Now I'm going to bring you Insight today because I'm your mother Okay And I'm going to teach you something I wanted the children to be in the house today Because it's going to be fun And it's going to be a loud sermon And it's going to be exaggerated And it's going to be illustrated I wanted the youth in the house today So that you would know What your DNA is of this house You are not normal. You were not meant to be comfortable sitting in life and in circumstances bound with everything around us. But you were made to break free in the name of the Lord and be abnormal for the kingdom of God. In Jesus' name. I can remember so many wonderful things that the Lord has done for us. Where was I going with that thought? Tell me. Oh, I've already had fun. Yeah. Okay. But little things. It's the little things. It's the little things. You said, you're talking about giant things. It's the little things. Last Sunday, Phyllis and I were looking for a sister who had said to me during the week, I believe that an issue is coming back up in my body. That she's already been taken down the road to a better place in. So I said, Phyllis, walk with me and let's find this thing. We got distracted with another need, but we kept walking. And as I was walking... A sweet sister and friend of this house looked at me. She said, come here. I said, what is it? She goes, come here. I was like, what? And she slipped something in my hand. And I said, I don't want this. I'd rather you use it to come to the banquet Friday night because I knew if she gave it to me, she wouldn't be able to be here Friday night. She said, I don't want it. I want to give it to you. And you know what happened? When the Story from Dr. Holland didn't go as well as we wanted. We had extra money in our hand come Monday and Tuesday to pay for whatever Phoenix needed. I'm telling you, our God is big, from a little thing to a big thing. He is more than enough. He is more than enough. I want you to look again with me in Psalms 679, 11, and 13. Why did you want the children in the house today? It says, Listen to the moaning of the prisoners demonstrate your great power by saving those condemned to die then we your people the sheep of your pasture will thank you forever and ever praising your greatness from generation to generation it is about us telling the story of where we are and where we're going from generation to generation we're not normal Psalm seventy-nine, thirteen says, from generation to generation, we will declare his praises, his greatness, and all that he is. I want you, Brian and, Brian and um, Skippy, to help me with something. Help me with my prop. Okay, I'm about to change clothes. Wonder Woman is at it again. Okay, here we go. Okay, you ready for some fun? Something happened, though, from Matthew when we started reading 28 and 29. In verse 30, you'll notice something. And I'm sorry, I have to do this now. You're not going to be able to see me over the podium. So here we go. Give those to George, okay? I asked two guys for their boats, and they looked at me like I'd lost my mind. So guess what? His word says, I will supply me all of your needs. And I went to the whip, hammer, and cross trailer, and there was a boat in the in the trailer. So Dan and Pastor Adrian helped me get it out. Something happened between before and after verses 28 and 29. Look at Matthew 27. The first thing Jesus said when he was going towards the disciples in the storm as they were in the boat Be brave and don't be afraid. I am here. Be brave, don't be afraid, for I am here. But notice what happened to Peter by verse 30, 27, 28, 29, 30. And Peter, Took his eyes off Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who says to us, don't look to the left or the right, but keep your eyes on me. He took his eyes off and what happened? He started sinking and he started screaming like a girl, acting crazy. And there he was going down. But remember what Jesus said on verse 27. Hey, don't be afraid, it's me I am here Some of you today need to know that he is here He is here He is here He is here, he is here. Listen to this Now I've got a boat in my way And I'm going to have to act like I'm working Instead of dignified preaching Hello, my name is Fear And I came to your house today Number one is when it knocks at your door, you don't have to answer the door. Don't answer the door. And if you do, you just look at it and say, I'm not messing with you today in the name of Jesus. I declare over you today, greater is he that is in you than anything. Anything that you face in this world Our God is mighty And his word says that we can Tear down strongholds And we can break through in Jesus name Amen Oh y'all don't sound very victorious Yes you do I'm just messing with you Now I don't know how this is going to look And I don't really care Okay? Because I knew I was supposed to use a boat And I want to tell you something this sermon was put in my heart two years ago. And I didn't get to share it because I submitted to other people. Karen Wheaton last year and something else happened there before. So this has been boiling in my spirit for two years. And there's freedom and a breakthrough that's coming. Before it was daylight, I finally got up. I thought I just got to go. Got to go and be with him Got to go be in his presence And I always open the blind On the curtain That's kind of blocked by our privacy fence And by trees so that the neighbors can't see That I'm not presentable yet Because it's me and Jesus time I just go to him I run to him I got up and I went And I'm going to tell you the honest truth There's an expectancy That I feel every Easter Sunday morning And I promise you When I pulled the cord on the drapes this morning, on the blinds this morning, that spirit of expectancy as the same as Easter filled my very being and I got, it's resurrection day for some of you today. It's resurrection day for some of you today. Perhaps those things that are dead, the Lord's going to call them back. It's victory day. And what's been buried is going to come back to life today. I don't know what you need from the Lord today, but take the limits off. It's yours in Jesus' name. God's about to do something. So let me tell you what I do remember. And I've got my hanky. My husband's. We're sitting in the boat called Life. And a storm came up. It was a Friday. I was the PE teacher for Calvary Christian Academy. For every class. From 9 o'clock in the morning till 2.30. And our principal Scott Justice ran down the hall. He said you got to come. Come. We just got a call from somebody Pastor's been hit On the Beltline Phyllis It doesn't look good Alice Gidmore was waiting in the breezeway for me She said get in the car And we drove from Beltline Glen Street Down to Spring Avenue Beltline And I saw his car I didn't see him I saw his car And I stepped Got up and I stepped out Of the boat And I began to walk on waters That were raging around me And I walked walk past the car That was so crashed As a driver A drunk driver going between 70 And 80 miles an hour Made impact on his door And pushed the car in Past The stick shift In the vehicle to To the rider's side completely pushed there. And some friends, a parents of a man who attended our church, had seen the wreck and come right up on it. And they recognized him, so they decided to pull his body out of the crash vehicle, which we all know now you shouldn't do that. But they were sweet as sugar, and they wanted to help him out. So I ran past the car. Adrian, come here. Come here. Y'all want you to meet our first African American Jesus. Look, look. And I stepped out of the boat. Jesus, don't laugh at me. And I'm running over to find George. And he's laid out there, but I saw one standing over him like this. I saw one standing over. Somebody had my husband's head still as all get out. He wasn't moving, but he'd always had a fear. Remember that Lord of being paralyzed. So I saw his feet doing like this and I'm like the shoot-em-out woman. I know everything is going to be okay because his feet were going like that. Okay, Jesus, you can go. Thank you. I just really wanted to have an African-American Jesus finally. So But that's not the rest of the story. He had internal injuries from the impact. His feet were moving, but he was sick. He had gotten crushed. So we went to the hospital. So we got into the hospital, and for some reason, they let Papa and I do anything we wanted. He had amnesia because he had a concussion. He couldn't remember anything. And all he kept asking me was, Meredith and Nicole, where are the girls? Where are my girls? What day is it? What time is it? I can't remember. Help me remember. Where are my girls? He said, you promised me, Phyllis, promise me that the girls are okay. And I looked at him, and I grabbed his little face, and I said, everything's going to be all right. And we went on. They carried him down to the x-ray room. They said, something's bad wrong with him. He's losing blood. He's losing blood. Something's wrong. And he looked at me. He said, "Pray." And they took him into the examining room. Papa and I are standing in the hall. We're not even supposed to be back there, but we did whatever we wanted to that day. And we went back there. And all of a sudden, while he was in the examining room, and the little tech couldn't even hold him up, she was pushing him back like this, trying to hold him up because he was fainting and passing out. All of a sudden, something warm and sensational began at the top of his head and began to flood all over his body. And I'm telling you, there was power in the name of Jesus. There was healing in the name of Jesus. It doesn't matter if your organ doesn't line up with what your God says it's supposed to be to. Today, take a hold of your healing in Jesus' name. Get out of the boat and walk on water because Jesus is here today to heal you of whatever it is. But that's not the rest of the story. That's not the rest. I feel like Paul Harvey today. That's not the rest of the story. Something happened while Papa and I were in the back where we're not supposed to be. Um, and God was healing him. He came out. He looked up. He's whole. He was whole. He was whole. W-H-O-L-E. He was whole. He said, the Lord healed my body. And I said, ooh, everything's going to be all right. So we knew that Jojo was in the waiting room and we left her. So we went out to the waiting room But there was something that sensational Had happened in the waiting room While we were back there Where we weren't supposed to be The ER had filled up At Decatur General Hospital Which is now some other weird name But it's forever Decatur General to me It had filled up With the people of the Lord With mighty Warring armies Of people of the Lord First Chronicle talks about the mighty men of Israel were mighty warriors who warred, who war, who war, mighty warriors who are ready for war. And something happened in that ER. The room when you come in, it was filled with hundreds of people that had heard about someone that I think they thought he was, you know, da, da, da. you know, he was gone. Okay. But he wasn't. Everything is okay. So we walk back out there It's filled with hundreds of people People praying in the spirit The Lord is my shepherd I shall not want For he leads me and guides me He never leaves me He never forsakes me His rod and his staff They comfort me He leads me to green pastures He leads me to still waters That waiting room was a sanctuary of God's glory and presence because the people of the Lord said, yes, it's time to war in the name of Jesus. But that's not the rest of the story. That night in the midnight hour, everybody had gone home and everything was quiet and still. And the Lord himself walked into his room because I was, I was worried about him. He's my man, and I'm going to tell you something, children, teenagers, we had gone into a spiritual realm of fighting that had caused the one that's over this region to get ticked off. I meant he's mad. He's mad, and I had seen him, I was like, oh, so that's what you look like. Didn't scare me. Because greater is he in me Than he that is in the world The Lord doesn't expose things to you So you're afraid He lets you know who your opponent is Then you can fight better Oh wait, let me show you what. Oh, so you can fight better So you can fight better So you can fight better I can't fight I don't fight I don't want to get hurt So I don't fight But I fight I fight every day in the name of Jesus. And guess what? I win. I win in the name of Jesus because of this word. And the Lord himself walked in and he looked over George Sawyer. You didn't look so cute right now in your blue suit and make you come up here and act like you're laid out in the hospital bed. And he just looked at him and he began to speak to me in my spirit and told me, everything's going to be all right. Amen. Come on, give the Lord praise. I remember when, I remember when on a Sunday night, Brooklyn was one week old and Nicole had finally decided to take her to church. We tried to hide in the balcony, but it didn't work. So we got stuck in the balcony for two hours so that everybody could come up there and see the new baby. We were stuck. It was right behind the soundboards and all that stuff. There we were stuck. You were probably one of the main ones making me wait two hours, Kier Morris Clay. <laughs> We were stuck Sunday night, went home, it was glorious service, and the steps of a righteous, righteous man are ordered of the Lord. That night at one o'clock in the morning, a nurse in the ICU, ICU unit from Lakeland, Florida called his phone, called our house phone, we didn't have cell phones then, and said, hello, are you, do you know Meredith Sawyer? My husband said, yes, I know her. We'd just woke up, we just got to sleep with the new baby. So, of course, the phone call woke her up. So, and he said, She said, Well, I'm not supposed to be calling you, but I just want you to know if you ever want to see your daughter alive, you better come now. Because she's got toxic shock and she's gonna die within hours. Her organs were shutting down, her limbs were being what do you, I just—they were—they were. Her body was fighting so hard in her organs that the, it was cutting off oxygen and flow to her limbs, so they were already starting to discolor. Meredith, come here for a minute. I know. I told you to be ready. <laughs> so I got up. You say, Phyllis, what do you do when you get that call? I don't say a word. Right. Right. Wait a minute. What did you say? I don't say a word. I don't say a word. Okay? Look. <laughs> if you want to see your daughter again, you better get here fast. And I said, who is that, George? He said, Phyllis. It was a nurse from the IC. Hershey, I love that name. Hershey called from the ICU unit and said, if we want to see Meredith alive, that I've got to get there. We've got to get there. And I grabbed my husband like this. Come here. Come here. I'll, I'll demonstrate to you now. <laughs> yeah, you can leave. And I grabbed him up. Turn around. I want everybody in the house to see it. And I did like this. And I woke up. And he woke up. And I said, Do you hear me? I can't leave because our youngest daughter just had a baby. And this child of hers doesn't know her nights and her days. But I'm telling you, you better get yourself to Florida, and you better bring my girl home in Jesus' name. So, And he did it, yeah. So tell your story.
1: Well, when I got there... uh, I love this part. This is kind of a nice little deal. You can wear my microphone on, So I got to focus now. All right. So uh, I got there, went in sent intensive care unit. And uh, Meredith looked really bad. Eight different uh, IVs in her. They were doing everything. They had to get permission during the night. They put a pick line directly into her heart uh, just to keep her heart beating. So when I got there, uh, it, it was as bad as they said. And they let me come in the ICU and sit down. So that was early Monday morning. And I sat beside her bed until Wednesday night. They, they, didn't, let, they didn't make me leave. They said she settles down more when you're here. Uh, two of her friends from college came and fainted when they walked in the room and saw her to pray for her from the Bible college. But as we stood and prayed, well, I just stayed there for almost uh, almost Three 50 days. hours. And I said, I'm not leaving until something happens here. And I stood, I sat beside her bed. I knew Phyllis was praying. You guys were praying. And her life hanging in the balance there. But we just stood. We did what we had learned to do, what you've learned to do. And once again, God came in and raised her up. By the end of the week, I put her in the car, brought her back to Decatur, and God turned the whole thing around.
0: Is Barbara Williams here? Barbara? I saw
1: her.
0: Barbara, where are you? Where's Barbara? I can't see. Oh, she moved. I hate it when y'all move. Will y'all do me a favor, Dustin? Go take Barbara Williams, that bucket of pink flowers. Sunday night after church, we had had a glorious time. I'm going to tell you the rest of the story and how God supplies and meets all of your need. All of a sudden, Sunday night, with the glory of God had fallen, it was absolutely amazing. And Brother Hollis Williams, who's now in heaven, Barbara's husband, came up to the front weeping. And he said, Pastor, I'm just so sorry. I'm not trying to detain us staying here any longer. I'm not wanting to make things go longer. And he was weeping. He said, but I just feel an urgency from the Holy Spirit to pray over you tonight, Pastor. He said, I pray that renewed strength and everything you've poured into us tonight comes back to you in Jesus' name. So we did what Brother Hollis said, and we gathered around Pastor when we began to pray for him. That was at 8 o'clock. And at 1 o'clock, we got the phone call so there was no rest. God had already prepared him, anointed him, refreshed him through a prayer of a mighty warrior who was warring for him and gave him a double dose of his glory and praise in his strength. Another gentleman at church came up to pastor that night and he slipped something in his shirt pocket. That was the day of wearing coats. And he slipped something in his shirt pocket. When he got home, he remembered it, and he pulled it out, and it was seven $100 bills. Nicole and I started doing the Jericho march and said, How are we going to spend this? How are we going to spend this? (laughs) Do you know that he had to have cash the next morning for that quick flight and turn around to get to Lakeland and then to get home? When he got home, from that $700 that God put in his pocket that he had a few coins left in his hand and God supplied and met the need to get his girl back home in Jesus' name. And the rest of the story, of that story, Meredith was sick and was told that she would have to have doctor visits weekly, her blood checked and everything to make sure that the toxics in her system did not again flare up and perhaps get her to that dangerous point again. And on a Sunday night, She went down to the altar and prayed and said, God, I don't want to live like this. And from the top of her head to the soles of her feet, the healing power of the Lord came back over her. And the next time she went to the doctor, he said, I don't know what happened to you, but there is nothing toxic in your body. I say today by the stripes of Jesus, he is healed. I've got one more story. Do you want to hear it? I got one more. It's the one that you're most familiar with. V1. Sunday morning, January the 8th, sitting on the front row right here. I can't remember the year because it's been so many years. When Nicole was texting continually, and I don't have my phone out in church, and I have it on silent, so I didn't know that she was blowing up my phone. Meredith was sitting next to me, and she finally said, "Mom, I think you ought to look at your phone." I said, "I don't look at my phone during church." She said, "Mom." I said, "Look at your phone. It's Nicole." Nicole said, "Mom, something's wrong. Something's not right. Something's not right. I don't know what it is, but I'm taking Phoenix to the med search place over there by Target. Everybody knows where that is. I'm gonna take her in, walk her in, and see." What's going on with her? Temperature wasn't staying down no matter what she gave her. Kept going up. So she took her there. They did all those ugly, ugly tests on her. strep, flu, all that kind of stuff. Nothing was wrong with her. I said, well, I said, take her home. They said, try an antibiotic. Give her ibuprofen, Tylenol, whatever you want. But just take her home. Everything's going to be all right. She asked for french fries and a Dr. Pepper from Five Guys, so G-Mommy to the rescue. Went and got her french fries and Dr. Pepper. For some reason, that brings me such peace. The last meal that Sunday night in Huntsville Yard, she asked for chicken nuggets from McDonald's. And G-Daddy and G-Mommy got to give her her last meal for over 40 days. It's this thing that's a monster called Stevens-Johnson syndrome. Phoenix has been tested. All of the results of what hers are, we don't know why. It happened to her. It affects and attacks the mucous membranes in your body. And within hours, Phoenix was completely unrecognizable. You just didn't know who she was. That was on a Sunday by Tuesday. Nicole, is that correct, when they flew her to, to Birmingham? Yes, Birmingham took her out of the Children's Hospital in Huntsville, flew her, and she can't even remember the ride. That's what upsets her the most, the helicopter ride, to Birmingham to Children's Hospital. And a specialist came in and looked at Nicole and Joey and said, Mr. and Ms. Ritchie, I'm sorry to tell you this, but your child will not live. She's not going to make it. Pat and Karen Shatzlimes were there, and when that lady gave Nicole that report, Nicole looked at her and called her out. She called her out, not in the flesh, but in the spirit. She said, I curse you, you spirit. You're wicked. You're evil. I bind you. I cast you down. And she looked at Pat Shaslain and she said, "You better go get my mother." And when I walked into the ICU unit, my daughter's standing there screaming at this head of everything over children's in Birmingham, telling her to get out. I'm telling you, there's times when you have to make a stand and you have to shut the door. Let me hear it, let me listen. And you got to stand and say, you better get out of here and you better shut the door. You better shut the door. You better shut the door. Nicole would have been easy. It would have been easy for her to say, "Oh, oh, okay. Okay, Dad, take my child. But something rose up in her and she said, not today, Satan. Not today, culture. Not today, doctor. She rebuked that head doctor, that little Indian doctor. Looked at her and she walked out And I walked in that ICU unit And my child standing there by herself Crying and screaming It's a lie, it's a lie, it's a lie My child will live and not die My child will live and not die And all of a sudden she said Mother, we've got to pray That's all she said I didn't know what the wicked evil doctor had said. I just knew it was bad. I found all this out weeks later, weeks later, okay? So we go in and we start intercession. Intercession is when you pray continually, when you don't know what to pray. You pray in the Spirit because you don't know what to pray, When you don't have your own words to have the gift of the Holy Spirit in you, is absolutely phenomenal. Because Phyllis's words can cloud and get boggled up in what I think, but the Holy Spirit just prays the perfect will of God. Just keeps praying, keeps flowing through you. So it's important that you are filled with the Holy Spirit. And I'll never forget, we turned on praise and worship. Praise and worship started that day in Birmingham Children's Hospital. And it stayed on for the next... 50, 60, 70, 80, 90 days. I don't know. We never, never, never turned it off. We kept it playing continually. There are songs I hear every now and then I go, oh, that's one of our praise and worship songs. That's it. And it was a journey. It was a journey. It's still a journey. But you know what? Today, I want you to give the Lord a shout. I said I want to give the Lord a shout. Come here. Come here, Phoebe. Come here, family. Come here, family. Come here. Come here, George. Now, I want you to see something. This is part of my illustration for you today. We got out. And we got up, and we started to walk on the water. Come on. Grayson's not here. Uncle Jonathan's not here. He's, been, he's sick. He's throwing up today. Sorry. That's gross. I want you to look. We don't know where Israel is. He's probably, he's probably chased the horse and buggy carriage down from Friday night. I don't know. But look at this chain. Phoenix, get in the boat. Okay, you stay in the boat. Okay, that's your... Ugh, that's easy. Yeah, that's your ICU unit Okay, look, okay, but look here Look here, look what happens Okay, stretch up. come on, stretch up. Okay, all those guys, Adrian, don't leave Come here, Adrian Pastor Josh, help me Pastor Bach, I can't remember Pastor Robert, come on up here Get on the other side of the boat Come on, get up on the other side of the boat There are pastors Our pastors came up The night that that Wicked mean nurse, doctor, whatever she was. Report. And they started to intercede. And we made children's hospital in Birmingham a sanctuary of the glory and the presence of God. Now leak arms. Leak arms. Okay. Come on, Cheyenne. Come on, Vicki. Let's go. Come on. Who else stood in the gap for Phoenix? Get up here. You've prayed and fasted for Phoenix during that time. Get up here. Come on. Come on. Come on, Kimmy. Tiffany. Tiffany, come on, come on Everybody that prayed for Phoenix during that time I'm making an illustration, I need you up here Get up here, don't sit there like you don't know who I'm talking to I'll call you out, come on Chris Come on Jennifer and Craig, come on Start gathering hands, come on, get up It is the whole church, come on, make a circle Come on, I know what I'm doing Go off the side of the platform Look at this, look at this Turn that music up, look at this Look at this. Go to the left and the right. Join hands with each other. Come on. Stand in the name of Jesus. Not you. Stand in the name of Jesus. Frank Barry, get up here. Come on. Come on. Go. Go. Look at me. Go that way. Go that way and make a circle around. Go that way and make a circle around. Now I'm confused who's the circle and who's not. Come on. Go. Now look at this. Look at this. Look at this miracle. Look at this miracle. Look at this miracle. Look at this. It all started with this. And somebody full of faith and fire decided to get up. To get up and to step out. Get in that boat. Ha ha, you have your shoes on. She decided to get up. Step out and she decided to walk on water. Come on, walk on water. Come on, get up, step out, and walk on water. Come on, it's time for us to get up. It's time for us to step out and for us to walk on water. It's our Church family to do immeasurably more than we could ever think or we could ever imagine. Today I give you an opportunity. Turn that song up. Just turn it up. By faith, you're gonna be the first one out of the boat today. Do you hear me? I speak to your spirit, not to your flesh. Spirit aligned with the word. You will not be discouraged. You will not be overcome, but the Lord your God will help you and bless you and give you the strength that you need till the end, uh, and you've reached the victory line in Jesus' name. You can do all things. You can be in fine arts. You can be a teenager. You can be obnoxious. You can be whatever you want. Because God has anointed you for such a time as this. We plead the blood of Jesus over you and declare victory in the name of the Lord. For you and your mom and your household in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Okay, look at me. Stand up. Stand up. (coughs) Excuse me. I'm a little bit crazy. But I'm a little bit fanatic. I am absolutely sold out. To the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm absolutely sold out to the Lord Jesus Christ. You may find me irritating. Pray through. Pray through. I'm gonna tell you something today. Phoenix, I want you to stand right here beside Pastor Robert. Yeah, whatever. Okay, you ready? Here we go. Today, if you want to breakthrough. Today if you want to break through, Dustin, Dwight, stay right there at that step. Over here. You stay on the platform. You stay on the platform. You over here. Over here. Right here. Right here. Don't stay right there. You're going to help p- people in and out of the boat. Today if you want to break through. I know it's Mother's Day. I know. But I believe that the Lord has set us up when I pulled those blinds open this morning. For a breakthrough in the Spirit, in Jesus' name. For you to come out of whatever it is that you're in. It's not for me to know. It's for you to know. And today is a new day of breakthrough, in Jesus' name. My brother is going to be the first. (coughs) Excuse me. He has won and defeated cancer. Okay? Come on. Here's what we're talking to, we don't have issues, we talk to things. We're talking to new body parts in Him that have been replaced and telling it to line up with the Word, okay? So, you'll see me do a lot of ministry to Him because He's just one of those that God said, Check. you got to stand in the gap and intercede for Him until. So, I'm going to intercede until, okay? Today, I want you to come around this way, and if you want to break through, you're going to have to get up. Let's do it. And I made it a little bit hard for you today, on purpose, by the leading of the Holy Spirit. Because you know what? Poor old Peter (laughs) had to get up. He had to step out and walk on water. But the Lord says to you today, be brave. Be brave. Believe me today. Because I have overcome and I give you courage to do the same thing. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. You can connect with us live each Wednesday and Sunday through our social media pages. If today's message has blessed you, please rate and review us so that more people can hear this message of Christ. Find out more about Calvary on our website at calvaryassembly.org.